good morning, afternoon, good evening, whenever you're listening to us, and I've been listening to us. Thank you for making the sports and the world podcast a part of your day. I'm Ladarius. And I'm Chris. And I hope all of you are well. It was a great sports weekend, some better than others. But all in all, buddy, how are you doing? I'm good, man. You know, we uh, we finally got some college ball back with the SEC, the, the the primo professional best overall conference. Got to see some uh, some good games from there, uh, and then also some some disappointments in the ACC. Got to see some decent ball on Sunday. Some awesome shootouts. Uh, some teams shit in the bed, and some typical disappointments. And you know, uh, game. One of postseason baseball was last night. Uh, you know, it's, it's a great time, man. It's a great time of the year. Yeah, absolutely. It's 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 the sports like you know fall. You're getting all these. You know, we're getting sports. The weather's great out here in Florida. It's great. I stepped outside this morning. Oh my god, it, it was. I don't know how to describe it. If it, it's, I guess the equivalent for me would be like biting into a nice, you know, eating a nice steak. That's how I equate the weather. So take that as you will, but but I wanted to lead off, Chris, with with you talk about with uh, college football, and the SEC came back, and Chris, I think I think we learned a lot of things about the SEC. I think we learned why it's undisputedly the best conference in in, in college football. I think we learned that. I think it established that more. But Chris, the SEC. I feel it's changing. It used to be about defense. Now you're literally, it's all about quarterbacks. And you know me and quarterbacks, I, I love every minute of it. So, so give me your thoughts on college football and your reactions. Man, uh, <laughs> this week was a showcase week, I think, for... All of college football got put on notice by one team specifically. Now, I know people go, oh, you're just favoring. I, I think the University of Florida put everybody on notice this week and said, watch out. Um, they played Ole Miss uh, this week. Well, I'll start with them and just kind of dance my way around. Um, that game between Florida and Ole Miss. Now, everyone would think of Ole Miss and be like, it, it, it's Ole Miss simmered down. But this isn't old Ole Miss anymore. This is just Ole Miss. And with Lane Kiffin stepping into the driver's seat, honestly, I truly think that Ole Miss could walk into the ACC and give Clemson a problem. I feel that they could easily walk into the Pac-12 and win it. Definitely walk into the Big 12 and win it. And probably step up against some of the uh, "quote unquote" elite programs of the uh, of the Big Ten joke conference, and probably give them a shitstorm. Um, this is Lane Kiffin's first year, first game, and he definitely opened up his playbook. And it, it, I promise you, in two years, they'll be a, a, a top fifteen ranked team. They are looking dangerous. They've got talent, and Lane Kiffin knows how to recruit. But we ain't talking about them right now. Uh Florida looked completely different on offense. Mississippi, uh, oh, excuse me, Ole Miss might not be the uh, uh, the hardest defensive program in the country, but they're definitely not the uh, the slouchest. And uh, Kyle Trask went 
bananas on them. Uh, 30 for 42, 416 yards, and not one, not two, but six touchdowns. Um, Kyle Trask was one of those people that he knew the only way to get better was to continue to get better and practice, put the hours in, watch the film, study the game. He showed that not only could he be the mental quarterback, but he could get out there and be the physical quarterback if he had to. Now, I don't mean that by going out and running around like Lamar Jackson, like he's trying to 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 off himself, you know, going head up linebacker. But he learned how to step in and out of the pocket with such fluidity. His his footwork reminded me of a. a even though it's a different position, but reminded me of Randy Moss and just how delicate and light that man was on his feet. That was Kyle Trask on Saturday. Um, I I was happy to see Kyle Pitts get heavily involved. Uh, eight receptions, 170 yards, four touchdowns. Um, I definitely see both of them playing uh, uh, on Sunday next year, for sure. I think we talked about that during the game. Uh, Trayvon Grimes got himself a TD and then of course Kadarius Tony got himself a TD and that's one person I'm actually happy to finally see they're getting something out of is uh, Kadarius Tony he's been he I don't know how to describe him he's one of those ones that like you blink and he's there you blink and he's not and they haven't always used him to his potential and I think this season we're going to see a very scary Kadarius Tony uh, in, in the grand scheme of things. I am very excited to see that. Uh, Malik Davis and Damon Pierce looked phenomenal behind the line. Uh, Emery Jones looked fairly good, too. He did cough up an interception um, on just a, a – a, I don't want to call a rookie mistake – but a rookie mistake, but he's still growing. But I was just so impressed with how Kyle Trask played. He looks 100% better than he did last season, and he looked pretty damn good last season being the second-best overall SEC quarterback. Um, I see nothing but great things ahead for the University of Florida and Kyle Trask this season. Um, you know, they, They're stepping in next week going in uh, at home against South Carolina. And I think that's going to be one hell of a display of, of what's going to get done. Some other games around the uh, the league this week. Uh, the once again upset of uh, K State in Oklahoma, and this is something that like people joke about. You know, I I think even you and I said something about it. Like, hey, hey wouldn't it be funny if K State did this again? Yeah, kids, <laughs> here we are. Uh, you know, here we are. Um, that was just another piss poor display of big 12 football. Um, K state definitely is not a great program. Oklahoma is supposed to be. And when when you're a great program, you don't lose the subpar programs like K state. You just don't. Um, I, I, I don't know what else to say besides that. That was just a very piss poor game. You shouldn't, you shouldn't get it that close. And on top of that, you, when, you, you, I mean, they, I think they took their foot off at, at the end of the third quarter, Oklahoma being, um, you know, because K-State ended up scoring 17 unanswered points in the fourth quarter. You can't let teams do that. Uh, Skylar Thompson actually looked fairly decent. He went 18 for 25, 334 yards, 18 completions for that many yards. That's not a healthy situation to put yourself in. Um, I'm just, just throwing it out there. Uh, you know, on the other side of the ball, uh, Spencer Rattler, 
yeah, he did throw four touchdowns. He also threw four interceptions, or excuse me, three interceptions, uh, 30 for 41, 387 yards. Get get your head out of the stand there, Mr. Uh, Mr. Rattler. Otherwise, it's going to be a very, very long season for you. Uh, some other ones looking around the league. One of the games that was actually fun to watch was the Louisville uh, Pitt game. I did get some enjoyment out of that. Louisville almost did pull it off, but, you know, here we are. Um, one game that for some reason attracted a lot of attention, that was the Army-Cincinnati game. Uh, Army rolled in strong at the beginning, and then, well, you know, I I respect all the, the service branches, but sometimes sports isn't their forte. But, you know, they're also not going there to, to play sports. They're going there to learn how to stack bodies and fly planes and do all sorts of other cool things. Um, so, of course, Cincinnati walked away with a dub on that. Uh, Kentucky and Auburn was a nice one at, at the beginning. Auburn finally kind of got on the gas, pulled it away. Um, a good old Texas, you know, six shooter shootout between Texas and Texas Tech was a fun one. Uh, Texas finally won overtime. Uh, of course, Georgia put a beat down on Arkansas. Um, you know, Tennessee somehow squeaked one on South Carolina. I'm still trying to figure that one out. Uh, Alabama and Mizzou, uh, of course, Alabama topped that one. A couple games I, I also wanted to harp on is uh, we're going to switch gears and we're going to go down to the ACC real quick. <laughs> Boy, I, I don't know if Willie Taggart uh, casts a spell like some voodoo shit, man, like some Baron Semidai, live and let die, James Bond material. But good Lord, Florida State is having some issues, man. Uh, and of course, the the U is all of a sudden back because they they played a couple scrub programs, and all of a sudden, you know, they're three and zero, and somehow they're they're back. I'm not sure how that works, but they're they're back. I mean, they beat University of Alabama. The aren't they like the Dragons or the Imagine Dragons or something silly like that? Yeah, that's a great um, band, um, by the way. Great band. Great yeah, band. yeah. All right, I won't pick on them too much then. You know, they, they beat them, uh, you know, by a, a marginal score. It's 31-14. They play Louisville, and they beat them 47-34. to And then they play Florida State and just, just completely pecker-checked them, man, 52-10. to um, I'm not sure what happened, but we're going to find out next week if the U is back because this is the first team that they're playing that's actually worth the shit because let's face it uab is a beat-up program louisville eh, they were cool when lamar jackson was there but well now, now he's just doing shit in baltimore uh florida state well you know um yeah it's florida state uh so they're playing clemson next week so i'm pretty curious to see how that's gonna go down um we'll see at that point if they're actually gonna be anything worthwhile uh, i don't think so I think they're probably going to get smoked by Clemson, and then we can just go back to laugh at them. Um, Florida State still having a lot of problems at the quarterback position. They had three different quarterbacks at one point in. Um, James Blackman held it the most of the time. He went 16 for 26, 120 yards, one touchdown, one interception. He is he is not the answer. Um, they they are having some quarterback issues in uh, in the land of screaming Indians. Um, I think they definitely need to address that and maybe they might win a game. It's just a shame that we won't be able to put another ass beating on them this season. I'm so sad. Uh, last but not least, I want to talk about the upset in the Bayou. 
And it's I don't even think it's really an upset. Uh, Mississippi State came marching down to, to good old Baton Rouge and and I, I don't even know where to begin in this game. Um, definitely LSU is not the team they were last year. I think we can establish that. They dropped from six to twenty. Uh, that's that's one hell of a fall if you, if you ask me. Um, uh, Miles Brennan went twenty-seven for forty-six, three hundred and forty-five yards, three TDs, but two interceptions. Uh, the running game really wasn't there. Uh, receiving, I mean, it was there. Mississippi State just came. They came ready to play ball, man. Uh, you know, they they came to kick ass and shoot bubble gum, and they were already out of bubble gum by the time kickoff happened. I think. Um, you know, the Mississippi State ended up winning 44-34. Um, this is just what happens when a program gets flushed after a very successful season. I think I think they said uh, uh, they had, what, three three returners from the national championship winning season last mm-hmm. year, something, something like that. I mean, uh, Ed Ogeron, he's, he's, he's got to do something. I, I wanted to hear the grumblings, but I, I don't think he was like, oh, gobble, gobble, go, 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 goggles. I, I definitely didn't probably hear him saying that too much uh, on Saturday. So he's he's definitely got some work ahead of him to to rebuild that program. He's a good coach. I think he will. Unfortunately, this is just what happens. Last but not least, I'm going to touch on him just because I saw this hilarious thing on Fox Sports ranking Florida teams from like best to worst, and somehow UCF gets ranked the best team in Florida. Because they blew out East Carolina and they beat Georgia Tech. Now I'll give them Georgia Tech's a reputable win because you know they're they're an ACC team. They're a bottom barrel ACC team, but I'll give them the dub on that. Um, and then they beat up on East Carolina. Next week they've got Tulsa, and then Memphis, Tulane, Houston, Temple, Cincinnati, and and South Florida. So really the only team that's worth a shit that they've got for the rest of the year is honestly Cincinnati. Uh, I mean, Memphis, they're kind of there, but still not as much. But I mean, for them to be ranked the, the best team in Florida, is it, it's, it's laughable. We offered them to play them. They backed out. They could not last four weeks in the SEC. They could not last in the ACC. I don't think they can honestly last in the Big 12 or even the Big 10 for that matter. UCF is just all hype, no bite. It was already proven. And I I don't even honestly know why I'm giving them the time of day on this podcast, but I feel like it has to be said. You are not the best team in Florida. You play scrubs all season. You play nobody of relevance. And then you let teams like Temple Put 500-plus yards on you. Temple. I mean, what's Temple? Fa- I, I couldn't even tell you where that school's at, probably, if, if you asked me to look at a map. Uh, I mean, what, what what are they famous for? I mean, do they got a good basketball team or something? Or Yeah, I, yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah, it's a pretty – I didn't mean to cut you off, but uh, they have a pretty good basketball program. It's in uh, Philadelphia. It's oh, Temple. Oh, oh, wow. Wow. So it's that, So I should probably go looking around the city for it, huh? <laughs> <laughs> Well, I mean, like, like you know, there's traditional teams like you know Villanova, who I know are are basketball schools that have garbage football programs, or Xavier, you, you know, or or schools like that. Temple should not. If you're the best team in Florida, you shouldn't have these bottom barrel teams put 500 plus yards on you over and over and over again. Stop the silliness. 
UCF is not, they're the best minor league team. If we were talking about lining them up against the St. Lucie Mets and the the uh, the Lakeland Tigers and the Sarasota Red Sox or any you know what those are great minor league teams or the Wilkesboro Thunder or whoever, but there's a difference between Triple A ball and major leagues, and players and and programs excel sometimes where they're at, but when they make that jump. I don't know about all that. You know, Miami's a prime example. When they were the Big East, they were the uh, the, the hard asses. They come into the ACC. Correct me if I'm wrong. To this date, they have as many ACC championships as UF does, right? Which is a big fat zero. Yeah. Yeah. Man. Correct me. Correct me if I'm wrong. No, I'm not. I'm. I'm not going to stop you. All right. Cool. All right. So I was right then. Awesome. So, yeah, so stop that. Uh, that's what I got for college football. I enjoyed all the games. I look forward to next week. Like I said, uh, you know, next week we've got some awesome games coming up with uh, uh, Florida going into – or, excuse me, uh, South Carolina coming into, uh, into the swamp. Um, you know, I'm just I'm, – I'm looking forward to you. You've got uh, Mizzou coming to Tennessee, TCU going to Texas. Uh I don't even want to bring up Cincinnati, but I saw, you know, USF is going to Cincinnati. Auburn and Georgia, that's going to be a hell of a game to watch. Texas A&M and Bama, hell of a game to watch. Um, I'm looking I'm looking forward to all these things. Uh, you know, you know, uh, you know you, a lot of great points as always, Chris. Um, I, I guess I'm going to start where you started at with, uh, with Florida. I, I think watching that game and watching Kyle Trask, you can you can you can see the development and the development is there from we I mean this is his first full season as a, he knows going into this year he's the guy and I think Chris that helped his confidence a great deal in my opinion because when oh, you absolutely. know because when you know that you're going to be the guy and not just the guy coming off the it's a different mindset it's a, it's like basically being a relief pitcher and being a starting pitcher it's two different mindsets. And, and, you know, preparation may be somewhat the same, but there's a vast difference when it comes to game time. And like you said, you mentioned about Kyle Trask. I, I was impressed with, with Lane Kiffin. For all intents and purposes, Lane Kiffin is a very, very good offensive mind. And if you look at, if you look at his work, the, the problem with, with Lane Kiffin, it seems, where, like, think of it this way, Chris. He's, he's in his 40s, Chris. He's he's not even ten years older than us, if I'm not mistaken. Chris, yeah. he's coached he's coached at USC, University of Tennessee. He coached in Oakland, and here he's at Ole Miss. He's had four head coaching jobs in his career. Head coaching, not he was a coordinator, obviously at USC and then at Alabama, and then head coach at FAU. So, the the bigger question becomes, Chris, I, you know. What can we expect from Lane Kiffin at Ole Miss? I think you saw in week one. I think I was very impressed with Matt Corral. And it, and it goes back to my point about what I said in the beginning about how the SEC landscape is changing, where it used to be about defense and about in between the numbers. Chris, now it's about outside the numbers now. When you have guys like like Matt Corral didn't slouch, 22 or 31, was it 360, you know, 395 and three touchdowns. And, you know, and they got, you know, John Reese Plumley. He has two good quarterbacks there. 
And you look at KJ Costello, you talked about against LSU, 36 to 60, 623 yards. That's a record. And he didn't know until he was told after the game of the record with five touchdowns and two interceptions. Chris, I'm, I, this is a theory I throw out. But I'm going to throw this out here, Chris. Yeah. How, how much I like. Listen, I'm not, I'm not, a, I'm not a miss. You know, listen, I'm a Florida guy, true and true. But I'm looking for when Ole Miss plays Mississippi State. That's going to be that rivalry. Automatically gets a jump because the head coaches are great. Listen, Mike Leach is a personality all on its own. Yes, in the off season there were some things, issues with the news and things of that nature. But Mike Leach is a very, very good football coach. Go look at what he did at Washington State and before that at, at Texas Tech. Once again, offensive mind, great guy, produced great quarterbacks. My biggest thing and my biggest takeaway from the SEC as a whole, Chris, is that this league is becoming now about offense. Where for the last 15, 20 years, it's about in between the hedges and about quarterbacks being efficient, being game managers. Now they're out there slinging it. Trask, KJ Costello, Miles Brennan. You got Jamie Newman in Georgia. Chris, you got Matt Corral in Old Miss. Chris, there's talent, and that's what I like. And speaking of things that I like, I'm going to tell you something I didn't like Oklahoma. And if you follow me on social media, I went all in Oklahoma, Chris, because. He said, this is what I, I think, I think it, you know, it's SAT season. Well, it would be, you know, for future graduates. This is an SAT question. Where Chris is the Big Ten is what I am about the, about the Big 12. If you look to this show, Chris is somewhat dismissed about the Big Ten. The only team I felt was good enough in the Big Ten was Oklahoma, and they blew it week one. Like, you blew it against the team you lost to last year. And, and here's a great stat, Chris. Since 2009... When Oklahoma has been favored by 20 or more points, Chris, they're 0-6. Wamp, wamp. And I'll just run through them real quick. Back in 9 Chris, they were 22-and-a-half favorites against BYU. They lost 14-13. to 2011, they were 29-point favorites versus Texas Tech. They lost that game 41-38. They were 20-point favorites against Oklahoma State. You guessed it, they lost in overtime 38-35. 2017, 30 point favorite, 30 points against Iowa State, lost 38 31. 2019, just last year, against that very same K State team, 23 point favorites, they lost 48 41. And of course, you know, over the weekend, there were 28 point favorites over K State, lost 38 35. Chris, this is what I say about the Big Ten as a whole. And I think I put this out there on social media. How I feel about the Big 12, how the Big 12 feels about defense is how I feel, how I feel about the, you know, the, the Popeye sandwich. You just try to avoid it. Like, <laughs> like you know, you know they, they just avoid playing defense. Look at that. Look at Texas and Texas Tech. Chris, you know, like, there's, they don't believe in defense. You know, Chris, that, that game is what the game should be in like the third quarter of a basketball game. They yeah. don't, but in basketball, that's great to have that score because the game it's it's fine to be sixty one fifty eight in a basketball game, but in a football game where it's continually happening, I'm not saying I don't want people to say that I'm you know I'm like, like this is the facts, like to me it's the SEC, 
the Big Ten, the ACC, and the Big 12 is, is right there. The Pac-12 is the worst conference for obvious reasons. But they just don't believe in defense in the Big 12. And, and, it's, and it's quite, frankly, it's upsetting. When you look at the SEC, quality games. Like, even Tennessee, old Rocky Top, they did something right for once. They actually won a football game. So hand clap to those. So hand clap to those in the Knoxville area. Congrats. Congratulations. They're doing, you know, programs that we wrote off, they're winning. And but Oklahoma cannot beat Kansas State. Yeah, the same Kansas State team that was terrible for like a decade. Like, you know, you know, they were averaging five, six wins a season. Yeah. That Kansas State. And you can't beat them. All I hear is, oh, we got to beat Texas. You can't even beat K-State. Stop it. Stop it. And, and, you know, speaking of things I tell people to stop talking about, I want, Chris, I want people, Chris, to to stop talking about, and I, and I think, I don't know if I mentioned this on social media, but I want people to 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 stop dismissing certain teams just like going back to the sec when people talk about the sec chris all i hear is well all you have is, is alabama that's no longer the case chris it's and, like and and, and and let me jump in there for a second so when people say well all you have is alabama okay let's take a field trip back we'll we'll, we'll go back 15 years okay just just for easy math now, I want you to count how many other conferences in the past 15 years have four teams winning national titles, four different teams winning national titles in one conference. I'll give you a hint. No other conference has that ability. I'll also ask another thing. Take our conference, the SEC, and line them up against the Big 12, the Big 10, the Pac-12, and the ACC, and ask yourself, do they have a winning record against every other conference? And then reverse that question and ask, does any other conference have that ability? I'll once again give you a hint. No. The SEC is the only team or the only conference to put multiple teams winning winning multiple national titles, meaning more than one, in, in the span of the modern BCS era. Uh, the SEC is the only conference that has a winning record over every other Power Five conference. So, when you people bitch and cry about Alabama, and that's all you have, bruh. Literally every other conference has one good team at, at most. Not great, but good. The ACC has maybe one good team at the best. I'll even go on a, on a limb and say great, because Clemson has really stepped their game up. The The Big Ten... You've got one good team. You play scrubs all year and usually get to a bowl game and get your ass kicked in a national title. Uh, ask Chris Leak how that went for, for Ohio State. The Pac-12, well, yeah, we'll just leave that there. And then the Big 12, <laughs> yeah. Popeyes. Uh, so sorry to cut you off, but when, when you start this Alabama silliness, no. There's other teams that have won multiple national titles. And we still have a winning record, so sit down, please, and thank you. 
Yeah, and 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 to me, and it sounds like Chris that we're being homers, but the reality is, if you ask the average college football fan, they may not like the SEC, but they'll acknowledge it's the best conference. And and it's simply because when you talk about Alabama, you talk you mentioned Florida, there's Georgia, Auburn. It's like four or five deep. And don't let you know. And you have teams like Mississippi State and Ole Miss who are kind of on the rise, which could you imagine, like, you know, in the next two to three years? So with that, so we're going to put a pin in that, and then when we come back on the back end, we're going to hit cop, we're going to hit the NFL here in the Sports in the World podcast.